State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Yep, yep, ghetto boys is back and reloaded All in your mind, yeah, now deep-throated This is for the streets, the real, the railroaded The disenfranchised, the truth, the scapegoated And they know it, we speak the truth so they quote it Cause we wrote it, the north, south, the east coast It's the GB knocking, we keeping your head bobbing It ain't no stopping And once the beat drops in Violins, the system is so corrupt They throw the rock out their hands and then blame it on us It's GB don't get it twisted. On code and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits. It's Willie D, y'all. Scarface is in the building. Collectively, we are the Ghetto Boys. Reloaded. Reloaded with another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. In the studio, Juan Villarreal. 
Man, thank y'all for having me, bro. What's man. up, man? Juan, what up, Juan, Juan, this is one of my favorite persons, man. Man, Juan, you good people, man. man. He's funny as fuck, though. Funny. And, and, and I should, I should. He knows kung fu. He knows kung fu. He knows kung fu. I should have started off with, what's up, fucker? What's up, fuckers? Man, how did you develop that? <laughs> Did, did you just say it and people just started laughing and you said, I'm going to say that shit again. Well, right? because, uh, you know, here, when you do open mics, you yeah. can go up and take your time a little bit and be like, what's up, everybody? How you doing? And it's that. But then when I got to New York, it's like, man, they, they were booing people in four or five seconds if they didn't say <laughs> nothing. Like, you got four or five seconds to, and that's where that popped up. When you first went to New York, did you get booed the first time no, you got I, on stage? Man, dude, I've been booed like, Three times where I got booed. That's it. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I got you fucking booed. got booed, dude? I got booed three times. So. Man, Willie got booed. Well, as a ghetto boy, we got booed at the New Music Seminar in New York for our first time coming out. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I got I got booed at Austin High School. They booked me when I was like three months. A high school book booed you, man. Yeah, Austin. At least it was some fellow rappers <laughs> that booed us. Man, check this out. Willie, I like. Yeah, booed by some kids. And, yeah. And, 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 I took, and it pays 75 bucks, right? And, and I took uh, my my wife at the time, my ex wife, I took her and my little daughter. I said, like, oh, this is going to be fun. So yeah. then they said, don't cuss. And I'm like, oh, because I have been doing comedy three months. Okay, I had to follow uh, David Raybon. He was the owner, one of the owners of the hip hop. Yeah. And then uh, Billy Jones, who was a comic out of Dallas, he played the keyboard, who was like amazing. And then Jay Lamont. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Shout I had to fight. They all got standing ovations. Yeah. And David Raybon. Yeah, they all got standing ovations. So then they bring me up as a headliner. And then I'm like, what's up? And I couldn't say that. And they were like, what's up? And I was like, yeah, man. And somebody <laughs> yelled out, what school you go to? I, said, I went to Millbeam. <laughs> Boom. That's the rival school. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it gets better. Like, they were booing. I'm in a gym with a karaoke machine. We thought I was going to do the auditorium. I'm in, I'm in the gym with a, with a little thing. So that, now the whole gym is booing me. So now I'm like, hey, like, chill. And then, then they told me, you know, not to use profanity. But at that point, I was like, hey, man, y'all need to chill the fuck out, bro. Y'all got me in this fucking gym with a fucking little speaker and shit. Like y'all can't even put me and they came and took the mic from me and, and who, everything. Took, who took the mic? The, the lady who the faculty. Yeah, the, the teachers, the principal, like everybody was coming after me, bro. Like hey. Okay, look, oh, check check this out. I don't wanna do it. Who was this? Don't this was Austin High School. <laughs> okay. Okay, this was Austin High School. Okay, now check this out, Willie. No. Okay. We were really poor, right, at the time. My my buddy who that was in the game sold me. Sold me a car for hundred bucks. It was it was a yellow '77 Hornet. It looks like a tank, one of them big old. And and the tires were like this, man. Like the tires were like this, and it had no manifold. That fucker had no manifold. So when you turn it on, it's you know it was like so. And I had a job at the time too. So when I would do that. You know, like, I would wake up the people in my apartments. Like, they were like, hey, you're alarm, bro. Yeah. Like, because one day I didn't go to work, and they were all mad at me because I didn't wake them up. <laughs> because they, they, they were so used to my manifold. That's crazy. Yeah, so, okay. So, I parked it about a about a block away from the school because I didn't want them to see that car. Oh, my so, God. So, my, my ex-wife and my little girl, let's go. Come on, let's go. We're going. Oh, shit. Okay, we're walking off, off the school property. We hear the bell ring. 
Like, oh man, that means they gonna go out, let's go. <laughs> so we get to the block, to the end of the block. I get in my car. This fucker says, <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, oh, so I open the hood real quick, try to move the cable up and <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, oh no. Okay, we're, okay, now we're sweating. We, we're in there like six, seven minutes. We're, we're sitting there sweating. These little kids are catching up to us now. They're walking by accident. <laughs> Brad. They're booing me in my car. I'm in the, I'm in the car. They go, look, that's him right there. Boo! Boo! Man, but like, I was still getting booed, bro. And and I don't know how this happened, oh, okay. but I turned the key again, and that fucker said, and those kids were like, oh, shit. And yeah, we fucking, we got the fuck out of there, bro. You shooting him. Yeah, like, dude, that was, that was a 77 Hornet. Man, Man, that's crazy. Yeah. And uh, where I got booed. And then uh, uh, I don't really, I remember another place. They didn't boo me. They just didn't like me. But, uh, and then I got booed when I was on tour with Carlos Mencia at uh, the Gibson Center in LA. Mm -hmm. Because I like the match. So I I got some angel. I was wearing all red and white. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, cool, man. I'm in LA to get five thousand people. And when I walked on stage, man, they were just booing me. Dude, and I and I'm rocking the whole tour. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, what, I'm like, what the fuck y'all doing? And I boo. I'm like, man, man, well, fuck y'all too then. <laughs> I'm like, shit. You know what? I ain't getting off. So now they're they're going crazy on the side. They're like, what, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Get them off. And my manager was there at the time. Vance, Vance just standing there. And like, what do we do? Get him off. And Vance is like, oh, my man's a pro, man. Watch. So they're they're dogging me. And I'm like, hold on, fuckers. Just let me tell some fucking jokes so I can go. I don't even know y'all. So they're yelling at me, but I don't even want to look over there. So I start killing them. I did 25 minutes. I went over, but I got a standing no. What? Okay, I got booed. Then I got a standing no. So when I walk off stage, they're like, Juan, they weren't booing you. They're booing the fucking angel thing. The, the Dodgers are in the playoff with the angels, and this is Dodger, and, and you come up here with angel shit. Oh. They were booing the jersey. They weren't booing you. I'm like, oh, shit. So then I ran back on stage. Like, what are you doing? I ran back on stage because Brad, you know, Brad Williams, he was on stage. So I ran back Shout on stage. Brad yeah, Williams. Funny, funny. Yeah. Show. And yeah. I took the mic from him. He's, he's just looking at me like, hey. So they start booing me again, right? But I, I like don't know. No. I'm like I get it, fuckers. I'm like, look, we're from Houston, dude. I I, I don't keep up with y'all's baseball. I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I didn't want to disrespect nobody. I don't even know these fuckers, so I don't want to get booed from. So I'm in LA. I, I'll, I'll be a Dodger fan, and then I tore the jersey off and got a standing no. So mm -hmm. now that was cool. So right. I got. I like yeah. I told other comics follow that, bro. I yeah. got booed two times and got two standing ovations in 20 minutes. Yeah, bro. dope. Word, was, word to that the was dope. cool, man. Word yeah. to but the I don't wise. wear jerseys no more when I go out of town, wait, especially wait. Houston right now, because wherever I go with a Houston jersey. Oh, yeah, you're going to get it. Oh, man. Well, here's the, here's the thing. <clears throat> Before you go to a city, you must, absolutely must, it is incumbent upon you incumbent to read the newspapers. Uh, go online and find out what's going on in the city yeah. so you'll know what the vibe is. We always knew. When we came to cities, yeah. every, we were always researching what was going on in that city. So yeah. when we come to the city, we got our 
Yeah, we, we got we got we got our jerseys on, we got our caps on or whatever it is, and we're always consistent with the vibe in the city. <clears throat> Mind and, and you. We would always say things that was going on politically or socially, whatever the climate was. We, we knew always did that. because we did our research. But mind you, Willie Willie set that uh presidents a long time ago with wearing the, the city of the jer the city's the jersey yeah. was the city was represented the city that we were in. And I followed that. You know, all the way, you know, 30 something years later, I still, yeah. well, I don't do it anymore now because I work with the Astros Foundation, but I, um, I, I definitely wore the jerseys of whatever city I was in, baseball jersey yeah. at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Juan, yeah. how did you get started in comedy, man? I was working security for about five years. Man, and, please. And, listen, and it, wait, 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 bad. wait, wait. Don't, man. Please don't make me laugh. Don't. <laughs> don't. All right. Let's just have a decent discussion, man, and call it even. Okay, man. All right, go ahead. Did you have a gun? Yeah, I was commissioned. What? Yeah, I went to school for it. I went to Barkley Career School. I still owe him like seven eight. <laughs> <laughs> told you don't make me laugh. I still owe him. They, they, yeah. still, they still looking for me. <laughs> so what do you call it? Yeah. So I went there and I took a class and you know what I mean went and did the gun range thing. They trained you. I got Top Gun. I won the trophy because I was in the army. So shooting guns was pretty simple. And then. It was it was simple. Yeah, I carried the gun. It was gun, you got yeah. The I said it was shit. easy. It was easy to shoot the gun, you know, because I was in the military. I was trained. Plus, we grew up on the farm. We we knew about how to handle weapons and stuff. And then um, I started working, and this is eighty nine, ninety, ninety one, ninety two. This is when, and I was working in the Gulfton area, Southwest Bel Air, all that stuff. So this is when you know crack was like really taking over. Because oh, I because I, I worked Gulfton. yeah I worked Jimmy apartments Rock. man sometimes so like. You can see a family, you know, good. And then little by little, like their mm -hmm. lights are out. And then you see them pawning TV, yeah. like in one year, because I'd work some properties, sometimes two years, and you can just see them deteriorating, man. Just wow, like, that, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So it was taking over. And then, you know, the apartments were so big, there was a lot of empty apartments. So you go, you can, you would always find people, DOAs. There was always, God damn. you can, you can just pass by and just, man, and then you'd be like, yeah, I need to, you know what I mean? I need to or whatever I'd call my company but I was a captain so they usually would call me I was a security guard I was a captain I was making 335 that's a bullshit ass time you're the captain like man and, and, and I was making the same as everybody else <laughs> yeah yeah so, so how did you get transitioned into comedy well I got tired of just I mean you know those those uh clubs paid more at night the little pony bars it's like girls work there and you buy them a little pony beer for 10 bucks and the girls make seven and the, the owner makes three. So there's like 60 ladies who's working there and guys come in and they buy them drinks and stuff. And they're not really drinking. They're drinking water, mm -hmm. Sprite, whatever. So now the dude's all buzzed out. So now they ask me to tell them to leave so she can be with somebody else, another customer. And this dude's like, yeah, we already spent 400 bucks on her. And so we had to throw them out. So, of course, they would get violent sometimes and hostile. And that's what we were there to do to. To defuse the situation. Yeah, to defuse it or to restrain them. That's and how then the karate I, then moves I, came in. And then play. I was really cool with the cops, man, because, it, like, I didn't fuck up. A lot of security guards went to jail. A lot of my, my people, because they wouldn't have their commission card or they would take out their gun when they weren't supposed to or, or anything. So me, I handcuffed this one guy, and these cops came up, and they're like, what's up? I was like, look, man, I really don't want to do nothing. I just can ask him to leave the property. So y'all won't have to do all the paperwork or whatever, and... He goes, well, why didn't you want to handcuff him? And I'm like, well, I'm not a magistrate. I'm not a peace officer. Right? So they just stopped and looked at me. They're like, 
you know what that means? And I'm like, oh yeah, I went to school for this shit. I like, I'm not, I'm not these other fuckers that y'all taking to jail. And they're like, oh, oh, cool, man. Like, we need somebody like you. So they called my company, said this dude is good. So that's kind of like what made me the captain, because then they didn't give you a raise. Nah, man, they didn't give me no raise. But the clubs liked me, and it was just a lot of fighting, man. A lot of I got beat up. Good, you got man. beat up. Oh my god, bro! I got beat up like two hundred times at least. I got about five hundred fights. I tell people I got beat up at least two hundred times. Good one, Brad. Like, I give me a good fight. Like, tell me about they, a fight. They were like, "Okay, look, I, I, I give you one of the best ones, man." The owner, this dude is a regular. He's a little short man skin dude. He's a regular. He's about forty years old. <laughs> I'm like twenty two, and so he grabbed some lady like by accident. But it, it started a bunch of stuff, so I had to ask him to leave. And he's like, "Man, why are you telling me to leave?" He got all mad at me and this and that. So somehow we ended up walking out the club, and we're in the parking lot, and we're in between a truck and a car. So I'm like, hey, man, stop getting all hostile. And this dude just started getting mad. So then I put my hands on him kind of hard. I said, hey, man, you don't want to do this right now. Like, stop. He goes, oh, yes, I do. So then we started like, like, and I thought I grabbed him hard enough to put him against the car. But this little fucker did something, Willie. And I heard, mm. and I heard, mm. and I look, and my fucking feet are going over the, the hood ornament of the truck. Like, this fucker threw me over a truck. I'm like, what the fuck? Is this for real? I landed on uh, between the truck and the car. I'm like, oh, I was dizzy. I see them little boots coming around. Click, 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 click. I take out my gun. I say, okay, uh, you won. Like, yeah. He goes, that's it. I'm like, yeah, you're good. Like, go home, bro. Like, you, you won. And, and I put my gun. I had to sit there. Okay. So that made it bad because then... I started working out, you know, more and training more and, and doing my kicks faster and everything. So for the next <laughs> six months, dude, I was just, you know what I mean? I was tagging people, man. I was sometimes going a little bit too far. Okay, I'm walking the owners out about six months later, and there's a, uh, to their car. <laughs> and then there's a truck there, and it's him. And he's drinking a beer. He's like, hey, you want another shot? <laughs> and I'm like, what? You want another shot? Okay, this is where, where the water sharps down and then there's a water burger back there, that little strip center. So it's a big old parking lot, empty. It's just his truck and my car. He's like, you want another shot? I'm like, yeah, bro. Yep. Bro, I walked up to this dude. We fought for about six, seven seconks and this dude hit me so hard. Like, I didn't know what a kidney shot was at that time. But it's like he hit me and like my body went like this, like, like bad. Like my body went like this and I fell down and I couldn't even move. And then and this dude's like just looking at me. He's like, you good? I'm like, mm-mm. He's like, hey. so this fucker sat there. He sat there and drank a beer till for about 10 minutes till I was already able to move around and go to my car and, and, and take my ass home. Okay, like take my ass home, and that was it. And that was it. Okay. Oh fuck. Okay, Brad. Oh. Okay, look, Willie. This, this, this. Okay, then I really went into like, I started really working and and getting. I was fast, strong, tougher. Six months later, I walk out the owners. This dude is like same little pose, little Mexican. Hey, wanna do it again? I'm ready, Willie. I'm ready. I'm like, yep. Hold up. I go to my car. I take my rig off. I take my gun, my you know, my magazine, the whole rig, the handcuffs, all that shit. I take my baton, everything off. And I took off my shirt. I'm like, let's go, bro. Let's go. Ready? And I can kick pretty fast. And and I I kicked him fast, but it didn't didn't hurt him. Like he was supposed to. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know I me. Mean? This fucker said, ah! and I was like, oh. <laughs> so man, 
Anyway, uh, another eight, 10 second fight. He got me, stopped me, punched me, threw me down. Never kicked me when I was on the ground. Like, cause I got up and he fucking, <laughs> he, he whooped my ass again, bro. So now I'm laying there and I'm there for about 15 minutes again. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I, I gotta go. Really, I gotta go. This fucker helped me get up. He walked me to my car. He walked me to my fucking car, Brad. Grabs my gun, my rig, everything, and out of the driver's seat, it throws it in the passenger seat. And then, and then I sit down, and he's looking at me. He's like, "You good?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Are you going home? I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm going home, man." He goes, "You want me to follow you?" I'm like, man, fuck you! Like, fuck you, bro! Like, man, I want to shoot you right now, fucker! But fuck yeah, so don't, don't tell me y'all best friends now. Yeah, they cool. No, well, no, I, I haven't, I haven't seen him since. But Did I was twenty. Did you huh? at least get his name? Oh yeah, man! Somebody whoop your ass three, three times. times. You, you gotta, gotta remember that, that. <laughs> Rolando. Yeah. Rolando. Yeah. What's that? Rolando. How big Rolando. is he? How tall is he? He was Rolando. short, like Bushwick's height. No, not that short. That would be bad. He okay. was about, I say, about five five, five six. Because I was like five nine. Because like his head was like right here. That's what he had leverage with that fucker. Say. <clears throat> But when I saw that hood ornament the first time, I, I should have learned my lesson right there, bro. No shit. Yeah, well, the second Man. time I should have learned my lesson, but. You should have learned your lesson, bro, when somebody pull up and say, you want to give it another shot? Oh, like, my God. I'm going to try it again. And he was 40-something. <laughs> so was now ready. I tell people, I'm 55. This fucker's about 75. And I'm like, nah, I don't know. He's still alive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't shit. He might still be healthy working somewhere. He probably still wore my ass. Man, that is shit. funny that is as hell. Yeah. Lost three fights to the same person. <clears throat> to the same dude. And he would, at, at my spot, like he would call me and this. And I was trained, bro. I was working. You know, I, will, I do want to say this, man. I do want to give you your props for not popping, dude. Because you had, no. you was well within your rights to they pop him. can't pop him. Oh. Why not? Because his life is not in imminent danger. It was. He dude dropped him. He in a fight. The dude Hello? dropped him. He got the gun on him. He pulled your gun and pop. Can't do that. <clears throat> you know what? Man, we you don't have what, a stand Brad, your ground. It was, it was being him alone. I had blood on me. My shirt was going out. It, it could have happened. He could have popped him. Yeah, and got but, him but walking, I. Bro. But you would have had to defend that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> fought it. And you know what? When I did a ride along with a cop, when I worked security, I did a ride along. He said, hey, Juan, don't ever shoot nobody. Yeah. Don't ever shoot nobody, man. How much are you paying you? I said, three thirty-five. <laughs> I goes, dude, don't ever shoot nobody. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know what that feels like. I've seen cops shoot people and start crying. Like, I've seen that. I've seen cops beat up people and then cry. Like, they, they felt bad. They don't so, give a well, fuck. Well, some of them, they, 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 yeah. they, they shoot people and cry now because that's part of the yeah. defense. That's part I mean, of their defense. Yeah. yeah. It was Can just, I come down there and give you a hug? Man, fuck yeah. that But go ahead. It was, it was yeah. no, that, that's how it was. Like, it was... It was crazy, man. And I didn't, they liked me, man. The cops liked me, so they had my back. And uh, I got shot at like six times. Never shot nobody. Never wanted to shoot nobody. There was six times I could have, they were shooting. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to miss. Like, was I, your life in imminent danger is the question? No. Okay, because I'm like this, because I'm like this, Brad. They chased me. Most of, I'm most like this, Brad, and they're shooting this way. That, that do the shooting, so, their lives are not in imminent danger. Yeah, but they shoot again. anyway. 99% of the cops that kill people, their life's not No, in, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in just talking about as, I'm talking about as a security guard, as a civilian, as a whatever you are. Like, if your life is not an imminent, like, I can't shoot a motherfucker because 
I'm mad at him. You can even take a gun and aim it at him. At, uh-uh. Even as a security guard. And I got a my, my gun on me at all they, times. They would take a gun out and aim it at somebody. You're going to jail. Yeah, and, and the cops would come and, and take him to jail. And I had to sign the paperwork. I was a captain and said, yeah, this is yeah, what Yeah, so if, you ain't, if your yeah. life is not in imminent danger, yeah. don't pull that motherfucker out. The only time. Well, you let them tell it. I felt like my life was in. Well, that's the police. I'm just talking about like again, again. I'm gonna say as a security guard or a civilian. I'm a civilian, and I'm not. I'm not gonna play the. I ain't gonna get mad. I ain't gonna have a road rage. But man, if you put me in that position where I have to do, you can almost start making arrangements. Me, the only time I I was chasing the kid, and he was gonna shoot a car, and the only time. Because I said, hey, man, stop. I had my gun on, chased him. I said, stop. And he turned around and he took out his gun. He took it from his waist. And, he, I, he t- and, he, he, and I shot in the ground. I said, pa. Like nope. and, and, nope. and he dropped the gun and took off nope. running. Nope. Yeah, nope. Brad. Because when nope. the cops came, nope. they were like mad at me. Like, well, some of them were like, you did good. Nope. Man. And the other ones were like, man, nope. But then when they caught him and he was a 16-year-old kid. Nope. And. The Mexican cops were more mad at me. You fuck, what the fuck's wrong with you? You should have shot that motherfucker. This and that, whatever. Why didn't you shoot him? I'm like, well, he's standing in front of a window. And you know what I mean? I would have if he would have, he wasn't going to shoot at me. Like I, he dropped the gun. As soon as he heard the pop, he dropped the gun. It's like when people talk a lot of stuff, but you hear that, it, they they scatter. Mm-hmm. Some genius got to shoot. So I... I was in control. I was in full control of the situation. Mm-hmm. I didn't get fucked up. I knew exactly what I was doing, and I didn't. I didn't kill a kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would have been justifiable because if I would have waited for him to really aim and kind of like shoot, because people think they know how to shoot, bad. They go to the gun range with their fucking goggles and their headphones. Headphone, yeah. I took my cousins in yeah, there. They, they hated that. They were like, they, we? they, they're doing this shit right here. Like, what are we They're doing, not gonna never bro? hit nothing. I told my cousins, "Well, you know, y'all ain't having fun because it's expensive, dude. I spent like a thousand bucks." They're like. They're like, we got glasses and, and the headphone. I'm not wearing this shit, bro. When I shoot my gun, I want to hear the beep in my ears. I want, there's nobody shooting bad. We're not hiding or nothing. Like, they thought the gun range was so boring. No shit. Like, yeah. And my cousin was like, well, you know what? I'll go on that side. And we'll just have some fun. And I'm like, you can't go over there, fucker. And like, <laughs> and I don't know if they were bullet. playing or, or, or for real, but they did not have fun. No They're shit. like, this ain't real life, dude. When you Damn. shoot somebody, it's not like this, and the target don't even move. It just goes like this, and it just goes like this. Yeah, yeah so. I understand. Yeah, they didn't. They did not like it. I understand, but, man, like, taking, taking it really serious, like like I do and a lot of other people do, like, we are serious about our firearms, and I don't fuck around with them. I don't play with them. I don't none of that shit. If I'm going to the gun range, I'm going to the gun range. But yeah. other than that, I'm not going to pull my weapon. I'm not going to none of that I don't, I don't even have one. You don't have a gun? I, no, I don't then want Then I'm going to be mad at you again. Like, I, I don't. You better I, I get don't. that motherfucker. You have to have a firearm, bro. And everybody keeps telling me that. You not, have to. And I'm feeling because, you know. A, it's a different, it's a different, it's a, it's a different, it's, it's a different Houston. I know. Than it was back then. It's a way different Houston. You know why? You got people moving in from out of town. You got little kids just growing up to the, uh. Uh, going through what they going through and they, you know, getting yeah. them guns out of their parents' rooms and shit. They going and shooting up schools and, and yep. clubs. And and they brag about it. They, they, they say that, oh, I don't know how to fight. I'll shoot. I don't, I don't know how to fight. Like, like it's a cool thing now for these young kids. I hear them talking. It's like, my son's 36. I got a 34-year-old, 33-year-old. So they're like, man, dad, these little young kids, man, they're out there in the streets. They ain't, 
They ain't trying to hear none of that shit. They, they don't, yeah. They don't, they don't care. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right rug flooring. How, how was a young one? You know, give me, give me one around ten years, ten years old. Young one, ten years old. What was it like growing up in your household? Man, really, it's uh, it, it wasn't good. Like my parents were divorced at an early age. I went to seventeen schools. We'll get, we, we were getting dropped off Damn, here and I there. I went to a lot of schools. Yeah, yeah. you sound like me. Yeah, we got dropped off here and there. Uh, my dad took custody. My mom disappeared for about three years. They said, uh, they kept telling us every year that she passed and she passed mm. in an accident. Like what? So me and my brother would cry. And then she shows up like a year later. You know what I mean? Four years later, she pops up. Mm. But my dad was a single dad, but he was a worker. So he would just drop us off at different people's houses. And he was there for a few days. And that's when I tried to go back with my mom. My mom... <sighs> We lived off Telephone Row, bro. Damn. Okay. My mom, my mom flagged down the car. It was me and my mom, bro. She flagged down the car and she got in the car. 
So we're living in those apartments right there by 610 and telephone almost. There's some little apartment. There's some little. I know where you are. Those little apartments. Not the ones way in the back. The ones right right there by telephone, right by the beer joints. Because we lived in that corner apartment. So we, I could see the, the ladies walking. So when I going saw that. southbound on the left? Huh? No, he's on the right side. Yeah. Oh, no, no, he's going southbound. Uh, he's on the, he's on, he's on. Yeah, the, if you're going southbound, I'm on the right. Okay. Like on the right side, side of the store. Okay. I know where and, you and the, all the little Chinese places and stuff. And then yeah. there's some apartments right there. I know yeah. where you at. You know what? Right past, uh, what is that little place that, uh, Telewink? You know what I mean? A little bit, little bit. Mm-hmm. So yes. when I saw that, I was like, man. And then my friends started making fun of me in school. Yeah, my dad said, you saw your mom and you just said whatever. So that's when I started, uh. I started, you know, cranking cars. Wait, I, I was, hold on. Before you go any further, just for clarity, your mom flagged the car down. She, you said she got in the car. Did you get in with her? No, no. Well, like we saw her through the window. And oh, she okay. said, I got to go to work. And then she, and then she disappeared. Yeah. And she got in the car with a man and came back and she had food and stuff. And oh, we, God we, damn. We, we thought it was cool. We thought it was yeah, like what? a friend, whatever. So we thought we thought it was cool. And then later on, when I, you know, the school people started, you know, saying, hey, man, your mom, you know, they were telling me. Mm. And then that's when it really started like, like, damn, like, so then that's when I started cranking cars. I found a little spot in Magnolia and I would take a car there. They'd give me three, four hundred, five hundred. And uh, I told my mom, you ain't got to go with nobody no more. I was like 11 years old, worried about mm. light bill and paying the So you rent. know how to crank when you was 11? Yeah. No we, shit. All, we all did. I didn't learn until I was like 13. Oh, bro. You take a screwdriver, stick it in the window, pull the window back, stick it over there, open it up. <laughs> well, everyone stick a screwdriver in the collar, yeah, put that motherfucker over, break yeah. that pin and pull the pin back. Yep. And break the steering collar. Yep. Drive it in. Y'all know how to do that. Yep. Yeah. Do that. And one dude was, hey, I know y'all be stealing cars. And this dude pissed me off so much, but he would always fuck with me because he, you know what I mean? He didn't have nothing to do with it. We didn't even fuck with him or nothing. But he just, I know you steal cars, goddammit. I know it, this and that, whatever, this and that. And, and you better not steal my car. He just kept fucking with me so bad. And he would take the tires off his car sometimes and do crazy shit. So I got so my cousin to go shit. steal a wrecker. And he came and picked this shit up and took it. And, <laughs> and fuck you. Like, <laughs> man, bad like that, Willie. It was no happiness. It was no, until wow. I joined the army. When I was 17 and I joined the army, I took off. That's when I came back. And I, I was able to say no and stand up for myself and people weren't going to, you know what I mean, hurt me no more or nothing. Because when I was a kid, man, people did some fucked up shit. So my cousin Mario saved me. My cousin Mario, he passed away, man. That fucker, you know, he's like, hey, man. He saw me one morning. He's like, what's up? Where you coming from? I said, well, my dad left me over there. And he goes, did they, you know, he's like, did they do nasty shit with you? And oh, I was like, yeah. so he's like, Okay, and he went over there and beat up the whole family. He beat up the mom, the dad, the sisters, the brother. He beat up like seven people, my cousin. Mm. And then everything kind of stopped. Everything kind of, but it was kind of weird. It was like the whole block kind of knew. I don't know, it was just kind of weird. But I was always in different spots. So I never, I was always a new kid. I was always. God damn. Yeah, yeah it wasn't It wasn't good. My, 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 my childhood wasn't good, bro. Yeah. Damn, yeah. bro. You know when, what? When you go ahead. No, no. I was like, uh, like, but others were way bad. You know what I mean? Way worse. Because I have friends that were really going through some shit. But I mean, I don't know, man. I made it. I'm good. It, it made you stronger too, one. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, it, it made it, me it, more it, of a. Uh, it made you more like when of a I had my kids. I was more too. observant of everything. Yeah, like, exactly. I was like, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly, why I've man. never been fucked up. You don't never see me fucked up. I've never. I don't drink. I don't get 
Y'all ain't never seen me like fucked up. Y'all see me buzzing, whatever, but I know who's around me. I know where I'm at. I know where I'm going, who's taking care of me. I'm always on point. I don't care what time it is. Three, four, five, six in the morning. You get one? Yep. Like, you know what I mean? I don't rest till I get to my room. Everything's locked up. Then I rest. But I was always on point, man. Always paying attention to stuff. Right. I'm still like that. Me too. I'm still like that. That's why when <clears throat> comics, I saw some comics on here and, and they were talking about like, I don't like to watch other, I don't I don't watch comedy. I don't want to be influenced. I'm like, man, how how sad is that to be a comedian? And I'd be, like, I love not comedy, man. Like, I love on. to sit down and watch comedy, man. And I watch Mike Epps and DL and I get to watch, you know, Bruce Bruce and Arnez and like, I love watching comedy. Yeah. Like, I don't, that's not going to do nothing with my stories or, it just sounds weird to hear comics say that. Like, I don't watch comedy. I don't want to be influenced. I'm like, well, you're, you know what, bro? If you don't watch comedy and you're not influenced by nothing, when you get on stage, there's a 90% chance that I know people that kind of do the same kind of material that you're doing. Damn. So it, it, that doesn't even help. Wow. By not watching comedy, you think you, oh, like, nah, fucker. Because I was doing, you know, black crowds and white crowds and Mexican crowds and then corporate gigs. So I saw the comics. I saw, you know, comics just doing... Just different races doing kind of like the same joke. So doing I saw the same that. joke. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, but I stayed away from a whole lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? I, I would see people arguing and stuff. And my 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 philosophy in comedy is like, man, to be a white comic is so hard. To be a wait, white, wait, 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 wait. to be you're a not, white comic. You a white comic? My God, yeah, bro. You a white comic? No, no, no. I oh, would, that's when I started learning about comedy because it's like. To be a white comic, you got to be, like, really smart. You can't offend nobody. You can't, you got to be, Yeah. you, you know, you, you can't talk about the hood or your upbringing or nothing. Like, they have to be creative and don't think about what these other 10,000 white comedians are writing about. And and me, I'd go on stage like, hey, we got roaches. They fucking fly. Our roaches. And and crowd would go crazy. They cut our lights off. They, they said no lights. And, and I was getting standing nose. I'm on food stamps. But I'm barbecuing every weekend. How fucking genius. So yeah. I was like, damn, like, I could just come up here and talk about my life. <clears throat> and that's yeah. why I've never wrote down a joke. I've never. And a white comic, like, he can't talk about his life, right? Not like us. Not about going, being poor, or being raised by, you know what I mean? Single parents or growing up in the hood and shit like that. There's not too many. And white, white, white comics can't really talk about. Other races either. Well, they they also you know yeah, and that's because you know they're part of the dominant society, and they and they they can't they can't talk about being um, I guess uh, violated in any kind of way because you know uh, uh, by by other groups or whatever <clears throat> because they have it you know? know so exactly. they can't speak on they can't speak to that type of stuff right right you're about to look up something speaking on happened? speaking speaking of race. Uh, I like to always do this on every every Monday. I like to talk about um, some some racial stuff, uh, a history of racial injustice, man. So, so let, 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 I'm gonna let you read what happened on the 30th of August. Uh, what year is that? 1956. Go ahead. On the first day of school, mobs of white segregationist guard guard Mansfield High School and use weapons to prevent black children from registering for school. Wow. Well, that's cold blood. Yeah, this is just a, it's just a, this is a history yeah. of racial injustice, and this is every day of a year, every month, every month, 
you know, every week you can find some shit going on with us and racial uh, injustices, you know. And I love to read these on Mondays so people can really understand why I am like I am. Because this shit has not stopped. And that was 19, 18, what was it? What was the year? 56. 1850. Let me look at it and make sure. Maybe 1956. 1956. In 1956. Yeah, it was 1956. 19, in 1956, Willie. Mm-hmm. And it's still going on. Man. Ron, you, you spoke about your mom uh, uh, going through her situation. At any point, did that make you bitter towards her? Or you was just just trying to have a relationship. I with thought you. my mom was a soldier, bro. Uh, yeah, man, my mom was doing all this to feed us and take care of us. And I told my brother, "It's over, man." Like I, I got us some TVs. I paid the lights and bought a little furniture and, and took care of her. Mm-hmm. And my mom just passed, Willie, November wow. of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry just, to hear that. She just Sorry passed. That, bro. Yeah, I still haven't. It still hasn't. You know what I mean? It still hasn't hit me yet. It still hasn't. Were were y'all close before she died? It was just me and my mom all the time because my mom was single, so I was always at her house. I would take it on my shows, or she was she loved comedy. She laughing at you. Oh my god, she used to love comedy, man. But sometimes she would get buzzed out because my son started giving her Hennessy, and there'd be a comic that you know, a young comic that I'd give a chance to go up perform, and he wasn't (laughs) doing good. And my mom, hey, he's not funny, me mom. He's not funny. And this is this was a, a you know what I mean like at the at the yeah. showcase the small room yeah me like it's not funny yeah because my mom my mom later on owned a, she owned on Laura Copy on yeah. fifty nine and Laura Copy yeah. between uh but the Jensen she owned the beer joint there was two little cantinas with her she owned she was uh, she owned <laughs> one cantina. of those cantina yeah <laughs> if I would have saw somebody saying something like that I would have fucking died right mom, there bro man, man dude Wait, you're funny. paying them. You're gonna pay him, <laughs> and that ain't, that ain't the worst of it. When it's when they hear her, when they say, "Hey, man, um, I heard your mom when I was on stage." I'm, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I went to their mom. Like, you gotta respect the guy, but they're not funny, mijo. They're not funny. Look, the people they're not laughing. Everybody's going to, everybody's going to the restroom and smoking. <laughs> yeah, she was Damn. real. Yeah, she supported me through my whole comedy career, bro. Yeah, man, she would write cool, hot man. checks for planes and. No hey, shit. I mean, I'm gonna get a warrant, but you gotta go to the show. I'm gonna write your ticket. Damn. Yeah, my mom was. I mean, it was just always me and my mom. You know what I mean? No, no. Did you have a relationship with your father at any point? Yeah, yeah. We. Uh, That's my dad. Doing. My dad got uh, actually got you know got married, and he started settling down a little bit, but he was you know. My dad was, you know, worker. When, when my stepmom in thirteen was passing away, she had a tumor because that was my year. I was set up with life. I was gonna make one point two mil. We already had everything worked out, and my mom got it. My stepmom got a tumor. You know what I mean? So they put a peg tube. So I had to feed her. So I I stayed there for nine months with her, with her and my dad, because my dad didn't know how to work the machine. He didn't know anything about medications or anything. So I had to. Uh, I had to do that for nine months. So I turned down that one point two mil and it pissed off a whole lot of people and agents and managers and club owners and promoters and Wow. Yeah, and they didn't they said, Okay, man, we'll we'll never work together again. He goes, You make enough money to pay somebody now. You can I'm like, my mom doesn't want nobody, man. Like she wants me. Like 
I don't know what to do, man. She's been my stepmom for 35 years, bro. She's always looked out for me. And and then I got to the point where I was like, man, fuck y'all then. Like, because they started like, you know, people think that they can buy you. They can own you. Like, you tell them, you, you pour out, like, stuff. Like, look, my mom did this for me. My mom did this for me and did this for me. And they're like, okay, well, that's good. It's time to move forward now. That's what moms do. My mom did the same shit for me. And, yeah. and like, they didn't understand how... Till I turned down a bunch of shit, then they realized like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, Juan's about family. They're like, they're like, Juan's about family. Juan's going home. Juan's married to Houston. He never did LA. They wanted me to live in LA. Will Smith wanted me so bad, bro. They kept offering me one one fifty, then two fifty, then three fifty, and I'm like, man, I'm not living in LA. I'm not living. I, I couldn't live in LA. I didn't want to. It was bad. It was a bunch of fake shit, dude. Comics over here, and then over here, and over here, and because I got to do all three markets. And it was just all fucked up. It was like, it was no respect, no love for each other, no. Now it's cool, man. The older comments, love you, bro. Love you, Bruce Bruce. Love you, well, love you. Like, it's it's a cool thing now. Like, yeah. people are starting to show love and respect to each other. We say, man, love you, man. Love you, man. Rodney Bing, I love you, bro. I love you too, bro. Like, Terry Gross, Dave Lawson, love you, man. Like, it's a good thing, dude. Because yeah. back for a while, it was just, just, man, like, straight, just bad shit, bro. Do you think it's difficult to be a Latino comedian? Nah. If you're funny, nah. Mm. I just don't like when they go straight. That's why, like, the Latin kings and stuff like that, people ask me about that. So, like, I don't want to be a king. I just want to be funny. I don't want to be a Latino king. They want me to do a Latino show and a Latino this and, like, you know what I mean? Like black people, be people, BT yeah. did everything for me. Rushan, Al Freeman, Al Freeman hooked me up with Ron Wilson, who took care of me when I was on probation. And if yeah, it wasn't for Ron, out there, Al yeah. yeah, man, if it wasn't for Al Freeman, dude, I wouldn't yeah. be in this game. Al Freeman yeah. made Ron Wilson go see me and said, "This dude's got talent." And then Ron Wilson looked out for me, and that's when BT picked me up. And hmm. see, it was easier for me to get on BT than most Houston comics because they love diversity. So they're right. like, "Oh man, if we okay. we can put a little biscuit on there." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They told me. You know what I mean? Uh, people told me at BET, like, no, no, well, we need Latinos. Mm. I'm like, well, but I'm going to have a good set, though. Like, I'm still funny. He goes, yeah, it doesn't matter. We just need Latinos. Just... <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, it doesn't funny matter. I said, okay. Mm. So I make them remember that set. I had to film two times because I went out there and did a a real set, <laughs> cussing and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nah, see that lady backstage talking. She goes, we don't really care. You're funny enough. Fuck that. I do. <laughs> and this is that. And then they gave me another shot. And then I did it clean. But the crowd loved me so much so that I, I rocked it. I changed a whole lot of stuff. What's, what's the most difficult thing that you've had to face being a comedian? Just leaving all the time. Missing my grandkids' birthdays and graduation That's days and right special cool. days. And yeah, like when my son goes, hey, dad, can you be here for a minute? And and I got to say no. Mm. Like, that's why I kind of step back a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of like, I get to choose and pick shows now. And like, they don't, so I got a manager, man. I don't, uh, I don't really have like a manager. I got people that work for me, but I'm the boss. I'm the one that, you know, sets the prices and you no, know, we need two flights, two rooms. We need this and that. And I get to do all that now. Mm. And I get to work when I want because. You know, managers only make 10%, 20%. I was giving mine 20%, sometimes 30, 40, because he looked out for me and it was just me and him. But like, yeah, for a while, it was like when I was real hot, it was like I had shows like every fucking weekend and then during the week and this and then. I'm like, hold up, bro. Like, how much money you want to make? 
Because, man, Willie, when I got into comedy, I'm thinking if I make 500 a week, when I first started doing comedy, if I could make 500 a week talking, I thought that was it. Because I was doing scaffolding, doing other stuff, making 300, 350. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I get to do talk for 30 minutes, 500 bucks, and they give you chicken tenders and free coals and shit. <laughs> I said, lick, bro. <laughs> man, you ever get tired of those chicken tenders? Because chick oh, they got chicken tenders at every comedy spot. I, I, I stopped uh, <laughs> a lot of comics from doing that. I said, look at me, man. Look, I'm 55. I just went and got tested. Everything's good. My kidneys, my liver, my, my lungs. They're like, dude, you're fucking healthy. No yeah, cholesterol, looking, no sugar. Yeah, you have nothing. Like, what do you do? It's like, no, it's what I don't do. Huh. I, don't, I don't do this. I don't party. I don't do a, a whole lot of stuff. Huh. I don't do all that Mexican menudo and pies <laughs> and all that shit. Like, mm -hmm. oh, What's Mexican menudo? The, the menudo. It's like. It's, Cow stomach. Yep. And they make a soup out of it and put corn and jalapenos and lemon and cilantro and it. Mm. Yeah, the barbacoa and all that stuff, man. Like, nah. They're like, oh, you're not Mexican, Mexican. I'm like, no, nah, but I know what that. I just don't want to put that shit in my body no more. Like, <laughs> I'm good. I want to. I want to live older than my uncles. Like my uncles, they. You know what I mean, forty something, fifty one, fifty. They gone. Colon cancer. I mean, they they were, they were done. Mm. Yep. Can you speak Spanish? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I didn't learn. I didn't even you... learn English until I was like six. Yeah. Oh, so you're fluent in Spanish? Yeah, I'm very fluent in Spanish. And you know, it's it's funny because when I first started doing comedy, people knew I was from Texas right away, and they knew I, you know, what I mean, I could speak Spanish. And I told Vance, like, how, how do they know that? It's like the way you talk, what? Like, man, I don't. Yeah, I don't you want... do have an accent, like, he goes, you, I, like I, I... you should know how to speak Spanish, yeah. but I never heard you speak yeah. Spanish. No, hombre, vato, yo hablo chingo de español, güey. Muchas. Espanol way. Yeah, Espanol way. Yeah. I said, I, I went to uh, Jalapa, Veracruz. That, that's uh, like a college. I like Austin, like a college. And I studied to be, I was going to be like a, a lawyer in Spanish. Because I, I went to go live with my family over there. And they were kind of wealthy. They had stores and, you know, chauffeurs and maids and everything. So Where's this? This is in Veracruz. Where is that? That's uh, uh, it's along the coastline. If you see like Brownsville, okay, like on the map or on the coast, you'll see. Just go a little bit further, you'll see. It'll say Veracruz. Veracruz. And it's okay. beautiful water. Like I mean, you okay. just you can see your feet and stuff. It's like it's a beautiful place, man. Okay. So, I went there and I went to go study there, and then I came back to came back, went to Smiley. <laughs> yeah. I went, I went to Smiley for a while. Oh wow! Really, yeah. You went to Smiley. I went to Smiley, man. How long? I went there for about a, about nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Why'd you leave? When we got evicted, yeah, then we moved. We moved over here by Milby, so I went to Milby. Well, nine months is a school year, so yeah, it was pretty much yeah, and it was it was cool. It was different because when I was going to the Mexican schools and the basketball games, you know, they were they were cool, they mm -hmm. were fun, but then when I went to Smiley basketball game and the whole gym was full, because you know Milby and them like it, the gyms would never get maxed out full. It would just be the parents or whatever. And I went to Smiley and the whole gym was full and the band would come out. And then I saw people slamming and doing alley-oops and shit. I was like, oh, so, my God. Like, school spirit and stuff. Yeah. Like, Yo, I, I like was this. like, man. And then they were cool. I mean, they were, cause there was only like seven, eight Mexicans. So, you know, I made a, some cool friends. I tried to play football for a little while. But I tried to play defense, man. But I got hit so hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? David Raybon does a joke about that. Because I tried to play football. He's like, yeah, next day I was in band. Man, where is David? 
He's doing stuff, man. We we talked to each other. He's still in LA. I think he's in Arizona right now. Uh, yeah, he's in Arizona. He's trying to get me down there to do yeah. a show. Okay. Shouts out to Dave Ray. Yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Man, what do you think about 
What do you think about uh, James Franco playing the role of Fidel Castro in the biopic? Did you hear about that? Yeah. Okay, so you know that uh, John uh, Leguizamo yep. uh, took exception to that. He felt that a Latin yeah. uh, actor should have played that role. But that's been going on forever, Willie. Even when uh, Richie Valens, La Bamba, I mean, Lou Diamond Phillips played it. They're like, how come mm -hmm. we can't get a Mexican to play a Mexican? And, exactly. Yeah, and they just yeah they try to get a white guy to play Michael Jackson. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. They got a they got a, a a movie called The Mexican and there's no Mexicans in it. <laughs> wow. Brad, Brad Pitt and all the fuckers. Yeah, like, damn, the all fuck? those fuckers. Yeah, them fuckers. Like, wait a minute. I mean, look at how when they make these movies about ancient Rome and Greece, yeah, and all, Greek, I know. Like, this and that or whatever, you know, and they got all of these white people playing the roles when. We all know that. I know. know. I know. We know the truth. Uh, absolutely amazing. It, but it's it's the it's the uh, what do you call it? The carcassity. Carcassity. <laughs> the carcassity of what these a guys. Fucking, what a what a word, <laughs> Willie. Good grief! It's the carcassity of these guys. Yeah. One. You have you have children? Yeah, I have six. You have six children. I got six. If, Is any of your children? Like uh, leaning toward comedy, uh, career. Comedy. Man, uh, they're all funny. They're funny. One, the old, my oldest one raps. You know, he's doing his own music, streaming. Okay. He's making money. He's doing good. Uh, my second one, he's the one that's always out there with the uh, Slim Thug. He's with everybody, man. Oh, he, he's always with. He's single, thirty four, no kids, mm -hmm. making money. He's. I mean, he works. He works at chemical plants, does well, and he's always out there with everybody. He already ran into 50 Cent like three times. Mm -hmm. He's like, what up, 50? Like, he's, he's everywhere, man. He does the bike rides and he uh, he does a lot of stuff. And uh, he's like, but see, my youngest one is funny. They're all funny, but Bubba can can go with me. Like I wanted, his name is Juan. I'm like, why don't you go? Because he used to tear up Mike Epps and Cat Williams and all them dudes. He would just, he would just shred their little, their set. What do you mean? Oh my Straight God, bro! Wait, he would be like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know what the. What do you, what mean? you mean? Oh my that? God, dude! It's, it's like. What do you mean, Juan? Look, it's like, look, Edward Hernandez. He's a uh, my friend. He's a Mexican comic, right? And uh, he does a joke where he goes, he goes, oh, I win. It was brother, and I didn't even know. And he does a joke where he's in a a, a thing where a trough or whatever. He's he's peeing, and some dude next to him pees. He goes, I saw something real dark. I didn't want to see, but I kind of look and I turned that way a little bit and I, I peed on his feet. And that's his joke, right? And and it's funny. It's funny. Well, mm -hmm. my son is the guy to be like, so you're going to do the whole oh, pee pee on the black guy? Like, he would just shred up their, their material. Like, mm -hmm. it ain't nothing. He used to do that to Cat. He used to do that to Mike Epps, the Bruce Bruce. Uh, oh, my God. Everybody, man. I'm, I'm Everybody, he would just chop them up. They're like, hey, man, your son's funny. Like, you have no idea. I told him, Mijo, you can go. I got to pay somebody, you know, 500 to 1,000 bucks to feature for me. I'll give you 20 bucks. Just tell some stories, dude. Tell, tell him, hey, I'm on this tour because my mom made me because he still <laughs> child support. It could, be, it, it could be Juan and Juan on tour. How old is he? Hey, I got to it. It's 34. It's 34, but he don't want to do it. Huh? He don't want to do it. That's not his passion. Nah. -uh. It's not, and I, and I didn't push him toward that. Like I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't push him and and make him and say, mm -hmm. "Look, man, like, you know what I mean, to do this, I want them to be happy." That's the thing. I know a lot of people doing comedy and they're making good money, but they're not happy. 
Mm. Like right now, I feel like I'm the happiest I've been in my, in my, in my life, dude. I'm like the, I'm like the happiest. <laughs> really do. Hey, dude. I'm an expert with those, bro. You have no idea, dude. Like you have no idea. And I, don't, and, I don't, and I don't do cheerleader moves. You know what I mean? <laughs> what's, what's the cheerleader move? Oh, well, they throw them and they do them behind their back and all this stuff. Like, ah. Yeah, I, this motherfucker look like he hit a motherfucker in the head. That, that, ain't, that ain't for real fighting. This ain't for real fighting? No, no. I'm talking about when they do that. Oh. They're throwing them up and like. Nah, these motherfuckers, that's why they call them noom. Yeah. And I do that to keep my arms in shape for golfing and everything. Nah, like, you I play do. golf? Yeah. For real? I play golf all the time, man. Like, Bruh. Man, when? Really, wait. All the time, I play all the time. I'm I'm putting together that tournament. Bruhman's in it so far, but I'm putting together a tournament. Put me in it too, huh? No, I'll, I'll crash, Bruhman, but put me in it, yeah. You because it was, was going to be for comedians, but we'll, I'm funny as fuck too. No, no, but I, I'm I'm it's my thing, so I, I can say you know what? We'll have a special guest. No, I, I'm a comic, no, but I'm put, just not put on, him stage. on the stage. One, put him on stage. Let let let, let, let put him on stage. Yeah, put him on, on stage. stage. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm that fucking good. And, and, and let that let that audience light his ass up. Man, I bet I bet you they won't fuck with me, Willie. They start booing, I'm a tear their ass up. <laughs> nah, you got I'm in rank. Nah. I'm man, good. That shit different. Ranking is different from like I wouldn't give a fuck, don't boo. Like ex expert talking that shit like DL do. Yeah, he know he's off good. The cuff, he's like, good. He's like really good. The best I've ever seen. Oh, I he's mean, the and best. I've seen a lot of the greats, but and, and him, him I've and, never and, seen and you know what? Just I, go, I, go, I, go, go, go. I watched Dave Chappelle, man, and I love his, I love the way he takes you down through there. And he makes that full circle back to where he starts, he ends his story. And it's like, God damn, that was fucking brilliant. Brilliant, dude. Mm -hmm. I love comics that, you know, that I love comics, don't get me wrong, like I love comics that make you laugh like a motherfucker. But when Gallagher, no, not Gallagher, but when uh uh Car Carwin Car, Car George 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 Carlin George, George Carlin when uh, he said that oh man when he said that uh, he said that Seven Eleven is open twenty four hours <laughs> but has a fucking lock on the door. <laughs> you know, yeah, George yeah. Carlin, man. Oh, I, oh man. So, <laughs> George Carlin was so. I bad. like funny ass Salute. comics, man. But if you can tell a story, man, like like Eddie Murphy told a story about his 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 um his aunt with the fucking mustache and his daddy would get drunk at the barbecue. It's like my I think, house, I think, you I know what it is? is? Fucking brilliant. You know man. that's the first time that I did comedy because we were in Northside. My dad had an argument. With in Northside, it's on the Northside. Okay, on bro. the Northside. We're on Cavalcade and Forty Five. Okay, not okay. In the Northside, <laughs> on the Northside. On the wheels on the Northside. Yeah. <laughs> my, my dad would fight with his Come on, man, we going to Denver Harbor. So we walked to Denver Harbor from the Northside. Yeah. Huh? No, no, we walked because uh, we didn't have a car. <laughs> Okay. So we, we, we just fought our dad. Like, what the fuck happened, man? What's going on? <laughs> Come on, man, we're gonna make it, and, and we made it. And then Delirious came on. My uncle fed us, you know, this and that. And then Delirious came on. And my uncle doesn't really watch comedy. And, you know, Delirious, it starts out kind of hard. I'm about fucking this and that. So we got one female cousin in the family. She's, you know, that's his daughter. So when he started talking nasty, she got up and left. And we thought he was going to change it. And But that's when you had to get up. The cable box, that, it was brown. Remember that? Yeah, you had to slide that motherfucker across the top yeah. like that. Will you had K when y'all little? Yeah, Never mind. So so he didn't, he didn't, he didn't change it. So... <laughs> He started watching the next joke, 
And then it just got funnier and funnier. And I, I never seen my dad. It was me and my brother, my dad, and my delirious, uncle just, delirious, just delirious. laughing. Just laughing at the stuff. And and me, I'm looking at a black dude on stage talking about Elvis and, and making it funny and making white people laugh. And then talking about Mexican Ricky Ricardo. Yeah, go on, Ricky, curse the bitch out. And, <laughs> oh, my God. To me, that was just, okay, yeah. well, uh, on, yeah. on I-10, on this side of the freeway, which would be the south side, had cable. The other side didn't. So I went the next day. And I recited that almost that whole set in my cousin's garage in front of 14 kids. And we were young, we were smoking and talking about 14, 15. And, and my brother goes, how did you remember all that? I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And then comedy never entered my mind. I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a detective. That's what I really wanted to be. And then I did security and I saw how bad it was and how crazy it was. And I, did, I didn't want to hurt nobody no more. Like, I didn't want to fight no more. I was like, I got good, Willie. Like, and these guys were drunk a lot of times. And at, was, but at one, this is what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to just pinpoint at what point did the comedy buzz strike you and you said, I want to be a comedian? At what point? And what was going on in your life? What were you doing comedic wise? You want to you, you hear a crazy story, Willie? Of you want to hear the truth, bro? Of course. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you what happened, bro. We, uh, I got, I got, we were poor and, and I was working the security, all that stuff. And then, uh, they cut, they cut our lights off, our water off. My cousin shows up with a fucking, with a car and says, let me put it in there and I'll give you 500 bucks. We'll pick it up tomorrow. It was a stolen car. We thought it was a miracle. We thought it was God. You know what I mean? We, that's how, like, oh, man, thank God we paid our life. We paid our day. We even went to Blockbuster, rented a movie, and we bought groceries and everything. Then, then, what do you call it? Then I, my neighbor called Crime Stoppers on me. Okay, my neighbor, they gave him 80 bucks. He reported me. They took me to jail. They came and picked up the car, and he tried to get my ex-wife to check. It was 80 bucks. I'm sorry. I told on him. It was my fault. <laughs> so when I came back, I lost my job as security. They were going to take my license away because I was, you know, that was a felony. So, I mean, we 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 were arguing. The kids were crying. No water, no gas, no nothing again. So I go to the garage. It starts getting windy, and I'm just chilling in the garage. I'm kind of crying, and out of, you know, I mean, a little roach fell down, a little little half a joint. And and I back then I used to buy a nickel. I knew where all my shit was, so I don't know what this popped up. I was like, oh wow, man. So it's getting cloudy, it's getting windy. I'm on the floor, man. Right there, right there by uh Laura Copy and uh, well, it's called Fernat where the church is on Jensen, the next block over. So now I'm in the garage and, and I'm I'm smoking it and I'm I'm happy. It's getting windy, cloudy. Remember the green sheet? I remember well, the green the, sheet. The green sheet flew open around. Open that motherfucker open and yeah, your, your it, face on the green sheet? No, it fell oh. down. It just landed right in front of me and a page just turned. And I'm looking and it said, be a comedian, be a star, amateur comedians wanted, <laughs> open mic night. Wow. So I start thinking about it and like, <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in this smoking. So I'm like, <laughs> I can talk about, I can, you know what? And I thought about some stuff like in 10 minutes. And I went inside and I told my wife at the time, I said, hey, babe, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pawn the gun. You're I'm going to go buy a shirt. You're going to pawn the gun. Yeah, I said, I'm going to pawn the gun. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to go. And I went to the laugh stop. And I did the open mic. Hey, said, I'm going to pawn the gun. Yep, I pawned the gun. And then I, I bought me a shirt. I got a babysitter. Got a ride. And then I went on stage and, 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 and killed it. 
But I, but it was it was oh, a, it was a bullshit shit. set because I had spandex and I put like a big old dick. It was just I was just trying to make people laugh and the crowd went crazy. The crowd went crazy, and they said come back next week. I'm like okay, and then I saw the flood people on the news. They get flooded. I mean, they get flooded every year, and they never. You know what? I'm gonna talk about that. And I'm like, how come people get flooded? Have y'all seen the flood people? They get flooded every year, but they never move. The same people, the same reporters. What are you gonna do this year? Oh, we gonna stick around, let it dry up. <laughs> See, it gets flooded every goddamn year, you know. Look, the kids are chasing the house. You know what I mean? The, the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, it's, only white, it's only white people, Mexican. Like, hey, what, what are the kids doing? They were chasing the house. <laughs> Anchor it down, boys. Anchor it down right there. <laughs> and then I said, "That's a Mexican. What are you gonna do? Like, fuck, we're gonna move, bitch. You wanna see all the fucking water? You, well, you think I'm flipper or what?" Like, oh, 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 I get it. I'm a wetback, right? So I'm going to stay, right? Is that what you're trying to stay? And I would I would take it there. I would, I would say that word. And it was funny and people loved it. So then I came back the third time and did another set. And then the guy at the door stopped me. He's like, hey, how long have you been doing comedy? I'm like, uh, three weeks. He said, no, no, no. How long have you been doing comedy? And I'm like, three weeks, 21 days. <laughs> and he's like how many times have you been on stage I'm like three times he's like you can't write five minutes every week like that I'm like I'm supposed to write this shit down like I didn't even know that I'll write it down I'm sorry because I saw everybody had notes and I never had yeah. notes and he's like you know what why don't you host next week I'm like what what yeah like you want me to host it I want you to host it and it's 20 comedians that's what Ralphie May and Caroline Pico yeah. Rob Mongo, like, oh my god so I got the to host it. So I would do a joke in between every comic. I would just do one little 30 second joke or one, right. whatever. Oh my God, dude. And it was great because I didn't know the game at all. This is my fourth time on stage and there's professional comedians that go in to work on their new material. They get to bump people. So I'm bringing up everybody like this. Okay, this next fucker, he's from so-and-so, give it up. And, <laughs> and they were laughing. Okay, and this next fucker, he's from so-and-so. Like, next hey man, hey, don't, don't call me fucker. I'm like, okay, my name is Brian, dude. I've been doing kind of like, okay, this next fucker's Brian. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then, and this other guy pulled me to the side. He goes, I've been doing comedy for 15 years. I'm a professional comedian. I've been on TV and this and that, whatever. He goes, you will not bring me up as fucker. I'm next. You get my TV credits and this and that, whatever. I'm like, okay. He goes, look at me. He goes, you understand me? I'm like, yeah. But I was working in cantinas and beer joints and all night, whatever. So I went on stage, okay, this next fucker, we got another one. He's a professional. He's been on TV. You better give him my credits. And he's been on some shows I ain't even fucking even heard of. So I ain't even gonna lie. I ain't gonna make up no shit. And, and you know what I mean? And I don't wanna whoop your ass, bro. I'm just gonna let you know. But this next fucker, he's here. He's here. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude and then he tried to fight you he better not well no, nah, man cause they knew right away they that's what I was talking you know I mean hood ghetto whatever I was let me, I mean, let me ask you like question. the black hands comics who love me and, and, and they saw that they're like oh and, and by then you had them hands let, right? me, let me ask you a question yeah so when <laughs> when like how do you feel about um uh, the, the, that that thin margin between comics taking it too far and 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 the sensitivity of of of, of you know people, you know what I mean? Man, is it, is it a line that that's drawn? Like, man, you can't say that shit about 
No, I, I think you got to be that line. You create your own line. Because there's stuff that... But I thought that, it was that, just that comedy, I, though. No, no, it is. But there's stuff that, like, that I won't touch on because there's some stuff that's funny and then there's some stuff that'll just make you mad or make you go, oh, ah, or whatever. So I wanted to be funny. So I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I never, mm -hmm. like, like, look, Corey Holcomb. Corey Holcomb oh, says some shit on stage that I'll never say, but fuck, oh, he makes me laugh so hard. Oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. Well, that, the, I, I, Corey, I, Corey's going to go there. Huh? Man. Oh, he's going there. Oh, man, I know. I cannot wait. It, but, I can't wait for, for if, if we ever have Corey Holcomb on the Ghetto man, Boys we got to, we got podcast. to do this. We got to we got to have man. him. And Corey's fucking, so cool. He's a bad motherfucker. Corey, at, at Just Joking, came up to me. He goes, you a headliner. You, I posted it one time. He he gave me a shout out on fifty one fifty. Did yeah. you see it? Corey oh, Holcomb gave me a shout out. Man, he goes the funniest Mexican I've ever seen is from Mexican. Houston, Texas. The funniest Mexican I ever seen. Who he goes? But he's a motherfucking gangster. You he's know what? I, and I, then, I, I then, like then, that word Mexican. Yeah, and then and then face term. Somebody, what's his name? He said, uh, uh, "Oh, you probably talking about Juan Villarreal? Yeah, man, Juan Villarreal. Ain't that motherfucker? He used to go up in room, ghetto rooms, and just." A rock that goes, man, that motherfucker's funny. I used to look at him and be like, I don't know why the world don't know about him. And you know what I mean? But Corey didn't know. Like, they offered me, as soon as I went to LA, I, Jay Leno, all them fuckers no wanted shit. me. They all wanted me, but I didn't want to. I'm like, hey, man, I've been doing comedy a little bit. I, I'm not, you know what? I almost didn't, I almost quit comedy because I thought I needed a GED. Somebody goes, yeah, you're not going to do colleges. What college did you go to? I'm like, I didn't graduate, bro. I'm trying to get my GED. I'm going to get it. He goes, you don't even have a GED? <laughs> so I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I ain't going to do this. This ain't for me. Like, no. this ain't my shit. Like, fuck that. Like, yeah, they're going to ask me about my company. Yeah, they're going to start asking questions and stuff. Like, no, nah. and then some white guy stopped me. And he's like, hey, Richard Pryor didn't have a GED. God I'm like, what? Damn. He goes, Richard Pryor didn't have no GED. He goes, they're scared of you. Fuck them. Oh. I'm like, what? He goes, they're scared of you. Am I scared of me of what? Like, what am I? I'm not going to do nothing to him. Like, you're funny. You have what they don't have. You're fucking hosting already. No you're doing shit. fucking feature spots on the weekends for celebrities. Like, yeah, that that's damn. That, I mean, it, that's it, got that's almost unheard of to to be only doing comedy for three weeks and then hosting hosting on your fourth week. Last stop. Yeah, anywhere to to host anywhere, but at the last stop. Yep. Where the best comedy, the best comics and go to in any mic. in any yeah. city. Yeah, that's where the best comics go. They're gonna they're going to the improv and they're going to laugh stop. Yeah. They're going to Carolina. So how do you think I felt when they auditioned for BET and I was the only one that got picked? You know what I mean? So I'm at the hip hop and Rashawn said, "They you can do BET." I'm like, "What? Was you you're gonna do BET? They want you." Damn. I'm like, "Are you serious?" And and nobody else made it. They made it later on, but because I was Mexican, I think they just wanted that flavor, but. Do you ever yeah. have any regrets about not taking on some of those gigs and making that big leap to L.A.? When my mom was at that facility, that's when I think, like, man, I wonder if if I would have did that, I would have more money, but then I wouldn't have been able to take care of my mom. Like, like and my that would have probably like, been a greater regret like than my, even my, not going out there. Yeah, like, because my rich friends pay career people. Career trajectory, yeah. My my, uh, my rich friends, like, oh, my mom's got dementia, dude. I don't know what to do. And so, like, well, yeah, I'm, I know. But you, your your bills are paid. I'm, 
I'm taking care of my mom. I'm bathing my mom. Yeah, I'm, that, that's, I, that's strong. I'm doing that. And, and, and you don't that's take strong. care of your mom. You got nurses. You got assistants. You got all that stuff. Yeah. I'm taking care of my mom. Like That's big. I, I'm the one that's doing this. That's admirable. Yeah. That's admirable. It really bro. is, bro. He passed up a, a buck, a yeah. buck five. To take care oh, of your family, man. Yeah, and, and and I still get chances. Like, yeah, like you have no idea, bro. Y'all want to hear a crazy story, bro? I you want to? Look, I, I'm the one. Look, that's Chris L.A. This dude's trying to do some crazy big tours with me too. I'm the one that got bumped by Roseanne. Nobody knows that I got bumped by Roseanne. This dude saw his wife saw me on the computer. His name was Gary Bernstein, and he's like, dude. He he messaged me, found me, because like I can put you on Netflix. I can, like I know all these people. ABC, a TV show, and I'm like for real. So he flew me to LA. He was gonna introduce me to Jantony Brown. God, damn. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, like you know, me and Jay been working together for years, right? Like he was really like, yeah, they all know me. Let Chris Rock walk by me or Eddie Gray. Let, let somebody walk by me, Dave Chappelle, and and, and watch us say, "What's up, fucker?" Like that's all that's all I was known for. Chris Rock was a fucker. Like they they loved me, man, because I was funny and I was cool and mm -hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, get in their shit or or trying to act cocky or nothing. I was having fun. And they saw that I was watching comedy. I would sit there, man, watch comedy for hours, five, six hours, man. Just and, uh, is that how you got so good? I loved it, man. I think so. Not 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 like not like like I okay, let me just use me as an example, as an artist. Okay. Like I got good because I listened to different artists. I listened to different producers. I listened to different singers and rappers. That's how I got so good. So can you can you say the same? That's how you got so good. You yeah. listen to different yeah. you listen to all different types of comics. Like I listen to all different types of music. Yeah. And, that that's and, fun, man. When yeah, you do that. It is when it, you can it, hear somebody when you can actually Read somebody else's canvas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, you know, be, before I left to the Army, it was 97.9 The Rock or 97.9 Rock. Remember 90, that? 97 Rocks. Okay, 97 Rocks. With Moby in the morning. Yep, and then 101. Yep. So KLOL. Everybody was listening to, to that stuff. Yeah. And when I went and I took a basic training in South Carolina, yep. I heard Houdini yep. for the first time. Freeze come out at night, five minutes of funk. This thing, like, oh, man, they let me hear the cassette. And the next day, I, I knew all the words, all the songs. Friends, how many? I, I knew all of them, dude. Like, like this is a badass. I came to Houston and tried to let them hear Houdini. They didn't know who the, what the fuck that was or who Houdini was. or They were just jamming rock and roll, dude. We dude. knew Houdini. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for real? We did, yeah. Uh, I saw him at Astroworld. I did, too. I was there, bro. Real, man. Was, no shit, I was man. 18, I was 18 years old, man. No shit, bro. Was when, was Run DMC on that? That was called yep. Fresh Fest. Yep. And then what do you call it? Uh, and Turbo and uh, yep, Ozone. They were breaking. Showed, yeah, yep. they showed up. Yep. And then at the at the end, it, it came out with that big and ass we got radio. Oh, my yep. God, bro. That shit. Hey. Ron, what was it like working with Cedric the Entertainer and Paul Rodriguez? And and, and who, who's been your favorite guy to work with? Favorite comedian? Man, I'm so lucky, Willie, because... DL, DL treats me really, really good. You know what I mean? Like, I had to call DL. They wouldn't let me in. He had to come down so he get the security and everything. I'm like, I'm sorry I bothered you. He didn't bother me. I'm like, yeah, I did, man. He goes, okay, you did a little bit. I, 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 that's that time. That's when you went up there, Brad. Uh, remember at the NRG? I was supposed to be on that tour, Willie. What like, tour? Like, oh. like, like, DL wanted me on that Black and Brown tour. It was called Black and Brown tour for a reason. Mm -hmm. And he, had, he goes, hey, Juan, you want to do had I did a show with him and Arnez in San Antonio. And then he goes, he goes, hey, Juan, you want to do a tour? You want to host it? I'm like, are you serious? Like, 
that's what my dad was going to say, like, man, I really need this, D. He goes, it's me. It's going to be Cedric, Charlie Murphy. And I'm like, those are my dudes. Mike Eagles, man, those are my dudes, man. Like, let's do it, man. Like, he goes, and George Lopez. I was like, oh, man. And he was like, he had a cigar. He's like, what? Well, you don't like George Lopez? I'm like, man, I love George Lopez, but he don't work with Mexicans. Huh? Like, he don't work with Latinos. If you put him on the show, there's not going to be another Latino on the show. No, no, I'm going to talk to him. Like, okay, man. Are you serious? And then Monday he calls me, D.L. calls me and says, hey, Wanda, you were right, man. Uh, yeah, George. Yeah, he did. He said he wants to be the only Donnie uh-huh. Brown, uh-huh. Brown on the show. I'm like, man, that's cool, dude. Like, he's like, man, well, I don't even know how I feel about that. Like, that's, that's the game. George don't owe me shit. He don't owe me nothing. It's kind of fucked up. He's hurting me a little bit, but like he don't owe me nothing. Nobody owes you nothing in this game. I owe George Lopez everything because he opened up a lot of doors and talk shows and he had prints on there. That fucked me up. You know what I mean? So I, I respect George Lopez and he did a lot of shit for us, but he don't owe me nothing. But to take that away from me, because that would have changed my life a little bit. Because, you know, they did it for three years. D.O.U., that, that tour was for three years, man. So Dang. that that would have that was that would have changed. But then I wouldn't be here probably with you guys. So I'm not. I'm happy, Willie. Like people tell me, I'm happy. I say, well, you know how happy I am. My buddy goes, "How happy are you right now?" I'm like, "You know how happy I am, dude." You know, my wife helps me a whole lot going through my shit. I got an ex that texts me every now and then. I hope you're okay. I miss you, and and I haven't seen this girl in 20 years. And and then my my wife, you know. She's not jealous, but every now and then, like, is she, are y'all talking? Does she, she asks, like, oh, my God, I just missed you. Like, she'll send me a message like that. Like, I just missed you. You were just here. And I haven't seen this girl, like, in 20 years. So my wife, she goes, yes, no, a few days ago, she's like, oh, what's your name? Text you a message. Oh, for real, I blocked her. I'm like, oh, okay. Hmm. And my buddy's looking at me like, she, she got on your phone? And that's my wife. Like, yeah. She blocks people. You let her block people? I'm like, well, that's the ex is trying to start shit. Yeah, I don't I don't need that in my life. Like, like, yes, bro, that, that's my partner. My wife is like, I got two phones and she helps me because I miss messages and we like I I'm I'm lucky right now. Like I'm like we're a team and it, and it's cool and it's like I'm happy right now. My family's happy, my kids are happy, like nice. yeah, my friends are, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy, bro. I got a badass apartment. You know, I lost it when my that tour, that 1.2 mil, I got deposits and stuff. I, I lost everything. They yeah. repo my car, I had to pawn my golf club. I had to do You gave the deposit money back? Yeah. I wouldn't have gave that deposit. Oh my God, God dude. Damn, really, damn, damn, I ain't giving that money back. And, and, and send me that. Hey, hey, look here. Don't send me no money unless you absolutely. I'm finna send you a fucking cash. Don't app send right me now. no money. I'm unless about to send you a cash app right now. Cause I ain't giving no money back, bro. Really? Oh, I ain't man. giving that really? money back. I'm and, telling I'm you straight up. Mad, I'm not dude. giving that money back, man. That money too hard to come by. I'm yeah, not giving that money back, man. Up. You gonna send me money? So I didn't make the other half, and I had to get that half, and then my mom, then I couldn't work, so it was like that. You know what I mean, I, I, it humbled my ass. What's your cash at, Willie? Yeah. You got, you got the half. You got half of the. Uh, it, no, no, I got about. Money. I got like two fifty. I got like two fifty. Twenty fifty thousand. Yeah. Shit, I'm kind of with Willie with that one. But what's your cash at, Willie? It's the only Juan B. Not you, man. <laughs> Willie, you not gonna give me your cash yeah. up. For what? No. I was gonna send you some money. Send me some goddamn money. No. Don't try to send me a dollar. You ain't finna send me no a dollar. Look, money. On, on life, look. I was gonna see if you gonna send it back. Look. Willie D Live. On everything, on everything I love. Send it, look, send it right now. Up, Willie D Live. All right, hold send on. Send that money. Juan, what's the, what's the, what's the noon shuckers for? 
He was trying to show me that he knew Kung Fu. No, I said like, I, oh I bullshit, Juan! You was trying to show me he, he knew Kung Fu. I don't bro. know how to do him. Do him. And I'm like, man, let me I'm see. Doing this shit right here. Don't get in the way though, because I haven't done this shit in years. And I hit myself in the ball the last time I did it. Don't come back here. Well, he, he, he. oh, no, no, no. He need he, he need to adjust the camera so we can see it. We need to show the people. Yeah, come on, come no, on. Come I don't want to hit the camera. I'm Come on go. in. Let me see. I'm finna get out of here, fucker. One. Man. Let me see. Let me see you with that thing. Watch that motherfucker come a little hit me in my head. Let me right get the fuck. Right right let me go out here. There's a, uh, this right camera. Right oh, okay. You ready, fucker? Hey, don't you hit me with those nunchucks, fucker. Nah. Go ahead. You right there. <laughs> nah, I won't. I can't, man. I can't even hit myself if I wanted to, bro. Like, I couldn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much you can do. Like, no, nah, but that's not a, a fighting move. Like, I, all, all my all my moves are combative. Like, when I used to fight, it was like this that's or like this. Point, like, like yeah, I, I dare you to fight me with Noonchugger and you do this shit and go and wait for them motherfuckers to come down. I'll be like, ah! <laughs> like, 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 but hey, I hit myself in the ball with some Noonchuck. I never had an leg. official pair of Noonchuck because I had to use a broomstick and mop handles. And no, well, shit I know, man. But with with <laughs> with, cha with chains and, and nails. Remember when yeah. Bruce Lee was doing that shit? He was, and then when he stopped, it was like, oh. yeah. And the first dude came, what up? Man, I know all his moves. Like oh, every every like, look, that's why I worked out these little muscles because I saw how he's training. As a matter of fact, don't start swinging them fucking no, no, no. Chucks, As bro. a matter of fact, look, I mean, I met a guy in Seattle, and he owned a club, and he was playing pool. And hey, that's like, pot, huh? Is that pot I smell? Nuh uh Maybe. You ain't got no weed, no. Yeah, way. I got this. What is that? My vape. Man, you know I be busting my kids, man, when man, they be you having sound weed. Like the damn police with <laughs> yeah. that shit, man. I smell pot. What is Ooh. that? <laughs> 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 you got the big one, huh? I need to get that thing. Hey, uh, Juan, we appreciate you coming on the show. Juan, you a bad mother. You a bad mother. Shut your mouth, I still got more chances now that you know my mom is resting. Now I'm ready to go, Willie. Like yeah. now it's like you're gonna get. Now I got my team. I got my family. I got like now it. I'm ready to. You're gonna go get fuck it. shit up, bro. Like, you're gonna get it. You know what? I'm gonna tell you why you're gonna get it. Besides the fact that you're talented, you've been solid. And solid is very, very rare, and it's appreciated. Somebody out there, they're going to give you a shot, bro. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to appreciate well, it. You, you didn't burn no bridges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You stayed 10 toes down, and you were solid, and you're going to be rewarded for that. Thank you for coming on, Juan. Man, thank, thank y'all for you, having me. That's it, family. Man. Hey, Juan Villarreal, fam. This episode was produced by A-King and brought to you by the Black Effect Podcast Network and, and iHeartRadio. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.